Section 32 of The Art of Worldly Wisdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Linda Sonrisa, Servision.org. The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Baltasar Gracian. Translated by Joseph Jacobs. Section 32. 291. Know how to test. The care of the wise must guard against the snare of the wicked. Great judgment is needed to test that of another. It is more important to know the characteristics and properties of persons than those of vegetables and minerals. It is indeed one of the shrewdest things in life. You can tell metals by their ring and men by their voice. Words are proof of integrity, deeds still more. Here one requires extraordinary care, deep observation, subtle discernment, and judicious decision. 292. Let your personal qualities surpass those of your office. Let it not be the other way about. However high the post, the person should be higher. An extensive capacity expands and dilates more and more as his office becomes higher. On the other hand, the narrow-minded will easily lose heart and come to grief with diminished responsibilities and reputation. The great Augustus thought more of being a great man than a great prince. Here a lofty mind finds fit place and well-grounded confidence finds its opportunity. 293. Maturity. It is shown in the costume, still more in the customs. Material weight is the sign of a precious metal, moral of a precious man. Maturity gives finish to his capacity and arouses respect. A composed bearing in a man forms a facade to his soul. It does not consist in the insensibility of fools, as frivolity would have it, but in a calm tone of authority. With men of this kind, sentences are orations and acts are deeds. Maturity finishes a man off, for each is so far a complete man according as he possesses maturity. On ceasing to be a child, a man begins to gain seriousness and authority. 294. Be moderate in your views. Everyone holds views according to his interest and imagines he has abundant grounds for them. For with most men judgment has to give way to inclination. It may occur that two may meet with exactly opposite views, and yet each thinks to have reason on his side. Yet reason is always true to itself and never has two faces. In such a difficulty a prudent man will go to work with care for his decision of his opponent's view may cast doubt on his own. Place yourself in such a case in the other man's place, and then investigate the reasons for his opinion. You will not then condemn him or justify yourself in such a confusing way. 295. Do not affect which you have not effected. Many claim exploits without the slightest claim. With the greatest coolness they make a mystery of all. Chameleons of applause, they afford others a surfeit of laughter. Vanity is always objectionable, 
Here it is despicable. These ants of honor go crawling about filching scraps of exploits. The greater your exploits, the less you need to affect them. Content yourself with doing. Leave the talking to others. Give away your deeds, but do not sell them. And do not hire venal pens to write down praises in the mud to the derision of the knowing ones. Aspire rather to be a hero than merely to appear one. 296. Noble Qualities Noble qualities make noble men. A single one of them is worth more than a multitude of mediocre ones. There was once a man who made all his belongings, even his household utensils, as great as possible. How much more ought a great man see that the qualities of his soul are as great as possible? In God all is eternal and infinite. So in a hero everything should be great and majestic, so that all his deeds, nay, all his words, should be pervaded by a transcendent majesty. 297. Always act as if your acts were seen. He must see all round who sees that men see him or will see him. He knows that walls have ears and that ill deeds rebound back. Even when alone he acts as if the eyes of the whole world were upon him. For as he knows that sooner or later all will be known, so he considers those to be present as witnesses who must afterwards hear of the deed. He that wished the whole world might always see him did not mind that his neighbors could see him over their walls. 298. Three things go to a prodigy. They are the choicest gifts of heaven's prodigality, a fertile genius, a profound intellect, a pleasant and refined taste. To think well is good, to think right is better, tis the understanding of the good. It will not do for the judgment to reside in the backbone. It would be of more trouble than use. To think aright is the fruit of a reasonable nature. At twenty, the will rules. At thirty, the intellect. At forty, the judgment. There are minds that shine in the dark like the eyes of the lynx, and are most clear where there is most darkness. Others are more adapted for the occasion, they always hit on that which suits the emergency. Such a quality produces much and good, a sort of fecund felicity. In the meantime, good taste seasons the whole of life. 299. Leave off hungry. One ought to remove even the bowl of nectar from the lips. Demand is the measure of value. Even with regard to bodily thirst, it is a mark of good taste to slake, but not to quench it. Little and good is twice good. The second time comes a great falling off. Surfeit of pleasure was ever dangerous, and brings down the ill will of the highest powers. The only way to please is to revive the appetite by the hunger that is left. If you must excite desire, better do it by the impatience of want than by the repletion of enjoyment. Happiness earned gives double joy. 300. In one word, be a saint. So it is all said at once. Virtue 
is the link of all perfections, the center of all the felicities. She it is that makes a man prudent, discreet, sagacious, cautious, wise, courageous, thoughtful, trustworthy, happy, honored, truthful, and a universal hero. Three H's make a man happy, health, holiness, and a headpiece. Virtue is the sun of the microcosm and has for hemisphere a good conscience. She is so beautiful that she finds favor with both God and man. Nothing is lovable but virtue, nothing detestable but vice. Virtue alone is serious, all else is but just. A man's capacity and greatness are to be measured by his virtue and not by his fortune. She alone is all-sufficient. She makes men lovable in life, memorable after death. End of section 32. Recording by Linda Sonrisa, Survision.org. End of The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Balthasar Gracian. Translated by Joseph Jacobs.